Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Section K podcast. Today is Tuesday, June the 16th. We are back after a nice little break. Full-time cutting horse LAEs are back in full swing, and we are here to talk about it today. This episode is brought to you by Brazos Valley Stallion Station. The roster of stallions at Brazos Valley Stallion Station, located in Stephenville, Texas, is shaping the performance horse world with its unique stallions, representing the cutting, cow horse, roping, and barrel racing industries. The skill and experience of the entire staff and the one-of-a-kind facility provide a vital center to ensure your breeding success. For a complete listing of stallions and more information, visit BrazosValleyStallionStation.com. Well, folks, as I said, the Section K podcast is back. We've had a nice little break here, and we are ready to be back to putting out regular podcasts for the cutting and performance horse industries to enjoy week in and week out. We'll be having some different folks popping in and out, uh, coming and visiting with the Section K podcast here over the next couple of months. So be sure to be tuning in every week, following along, uh, to ensure that you do not miss out um, on whoever we have stopping by to chat with us here at the Section K podcast this week. We welcome some of our good friends that spent the entire non-pro plus the open out in Ardmore. Um, had some customers out showing and showed some themselves. We welcome back to the Section K podcast, Mr. Evan Moffitt. Hey, hey. And we welcome one of our good friends, um, the Notorious. Been a long time coming. One of my good friends, my horse trainer, Mr. Cody Porterfield. Cody, welcome to the Section K podcast. Thanks, man. Hey. I am pumped to be on here finally good to have you guys here and we'll be broadcasting today from the bronchi donkey wit texas and we're going to be talking about what went on at the non-pro plus the open after covid19 the first major limited aged event and really there were some weekend classes that's one of the cool things about the non-pro cutting is they incorporate some of the weekend classes and have a go round in a finals and give some of those haulers an opportunity to come cut for some um, added money uh, at one of Della's shows. So over overall, Evan, I'll let you go first. What were some of your uh, thoughts up in Ardmore at the non-pro plus the open? Well, I feel like this year especially it was a tremendously huge show. They had more entries at this show than their very biggest show at Oklahoma City. Stalls were full. They even had two, I guess you could say one giant tent full of stalls. And then in that second outdoor where the flags are, they even had stalls in there. Every single stall was rented. People were ready to cut. And, I mean, everybody was, was ready to be there in high spirits. It was, it was tremendous to see that many people at that facility there at the Hardy Murphy Coliseum. Yeah, it's a good thing uh, James and, and Lloyd live so close. Or else they would have had a lot more stalls rented, huh? No, I mean, because if those two Probably brought... Probably five more tents. Yeah, if those two guys brought their horses, just like Porterfield said right there, at least five more tents because they bring a lot of horses to all these cuttings. And there was, I mean, it was jam-packed full of people ready to cut. Well, it's just good to see everyone excited. Uh, there was so much uncertainty during the pandemic and whether or not people are going to be cutting in masks or what kind of precautions we're going to have to take to uh, go and kind of resume our horse show lifestyle. So uh, did you guys notice anyone doing anything different than what people have been doing? No, I didn't see anybody. I think everybody was, like I said earlier, was just ready to get back to it, that nobody was really in the, what you could say, like COVID state of mind. I feel like everybody was very normal. I mean, there was some hand, hand sanitizer set out and, I'm not going to lie. I used it, but but no, I don't I don't think anything was any different than normal at all. Porterfield, what were some of your thoughts on the non-pro? You spent the first part of the show during the Open out helping at the Texas High School Finals. We'll talk a little bit about that here later on. You took some of your customers to show in the non-pro and amateur competition. What were some of your takeaways uh, getting back to the horse show lifestyle? Oh, man, just like Evan said, uh, people were pumped to be there. There were lots of people there. Um, I, I was actually shocked with the number of people there. Um, once again, Della ran a great show, I feel like, for having that many entries at that facility. And the facility was very accommodating, I thought, for as many horses showed up to the grounds. Um, and, I, and I thought Della did an awesome job with 
not killing us every day having so many sets um i really feel like everybody reached out and asked for that and she came through and and i think everybody was pleased uh all in all huge show i got to witness probably one of the best runs i've ever seen live cutting wesley gallion duramax dooley incredible um and, and one of the most incredible things about it is i haven't talked to one person that saw it that doesn't react the same way mm-hmm. um it, it was awesome and, and monty can attest it was oh it was the crispest cleanest run ever and if you just watch the video that was one of those times where the video i mean doesn't do any sort of justice because this horse was crack a lacking every single time something was going down and it was unbelievable and just to witness a little 230 is something we haven't seen in a minute and this horse was on fleek shout out to casey rogan for having that sucker ready because he was more than dialed in don't think wesley gallion wasn't at home training on these horses during quarantine you've listened to that interview when he came on the section k podcast that guy's as determined and as motivated as anyone i've ever talked to well definitely pure wesley gallion form to bring to the table perfection um that guy is so unique in his own style to me um and man when it's good it there ain't one person that isn't thrilled by well i've said it time and time again this field of horses in the five six open you look down the list you have a futurity champion you have a horse in rolls royce that has won multiple big-time age events, won a ton of Fort Worth shows. Tatum Rice riding crazy was the fraternity champion I was speaking of. Um, Right there on the reserve championship spot, hot new cowboy, another super stylish horse, Colin Chartier in the saddle. Great run. What were some of your takeaways from that 228 he threw up on the board? Yeah, when Colin went, that horse was was getting it as well, and I thought, you know, kind of right there, there's your winner. I mean, pops in right after Rolls-Royce, lays down a hell of a run, and – and then just kind of out of nowhere, here comes Wesley. He's like, uh-uh, today's Wait my day. Wait just a second, fellas. That was rank. That was a rank run. I mean, I I was the one that watched it on the Internet, and I still thought it was rank on the Internet, though. But what a finals. Yeah. I mean, big run after big run after big run. And as a cutter and a competitor who's shown in that arena a lot, that's a very hard pin I don't care what time of the year, what cattle you have. I don't know why, but that's a tough pin to have a great run in there. You know, even though we see a lot of great horses in there, it's hard to see a spot-on perfect run, and we saw quite a few that night. Yeah, let's talk about some of the other uh, finals in the Open Division. In the four-year-old Open, you had Rodrigo Taboga picking up another championship on Sanctus for owner Scott Durham. Uh, Can't wait to pick y'all's brains on that run. Um, in the four-year-old mid-level finals, our boy Clay Johnson rode Curtis and Brenda Weeks once more for the four-year-old mid-level title. In the 5-6 mid-level, we had Troy D. Riddle riding his horse, Lonnie Earl, for a massive 225 to pick up the championship. And coming in the four-year-old limited open, Piper sings the blues, and Lindy Thorne marked a 220 for Doug Pritchett. And last but not least, in the 5-6 limited open finals, Nate Gribble rode Cowan Ranch's most stylish player for another 220. Rodrigo. Well, I tell you what, Rodrigo, he sure didn't take a break because the last cut we went to was was the Cattleman's, and he won it, and then he comes back up here and does the same thing on that highbrow cat stud and just – Pow, pow. And I mean just later down again. And and Rodrigo, obviously, all last year he done a great job, you know, limited fraternity champ but then comes back this year and has been just as hot with with a bunch of horses. That guy's doing a great job, and and my favorite thing about him is he's one of the world's nicest people. Like, when you're around him, you you feel better, and I I enjoy being around people like that. Such a humble guy in Porterfield. That's kind of how I got to know Rodrigo was through Bo and through Porterfield, and right whenever he kind of came over and and started showing you were kind of one of the ones that was helping him. So, Porterfield, what's it like seeing Rodrigo rising rising in the ranks here in the open division? Well, it's it's definitely not as shocking to me as it is some people because when first time I saw him ride, I I was just amazed. I thought, man, this guy is just – I mean, the the natural talent and and then you throw his hard work ethic on top of that 
and then you put him in a team with Bo Galligan, mm-hmm. I mean, you get results, and that and that's what you're seeing. Um, what a crew, what a what a team. I mean, the the whole deal is just unbelievable. Well, picking up that reserve championship was none other than Super G riding Juan Vino, Talakatstein for Billy Wolf. Um, you mentioned that team. It seems like everywhere they go, Rocky Mountain Blues, Sanctus, Juan Vino, um, it really doesn't matter what horse or who's showing it, those Bo Galleon uh, stallion station horses are generally in the finals and generally at the top of the leaderboard in those finals. So um, it is wild to see just the process that it's been from uh, seeing Rodrigo coming over. It's like, oh, he's winning every limited open cutting and then a year later not yeah. missing a single beat. Yeah, and then just winning in straight open. I mean, he's doing both and, and what a job he's been doing and, um, and really taking off with the Sanctus and just seems to get better and better and better every single show we go to. So let's dig into these mid-level finals, boys. Clay Johnson once more, that beautiful black horse owned by Curtis and Brenda Weeks, marking the 221 in the mid-level derby finals. Clay Cherney, another one of our good friends, riding Rosie, marked a 217 for the reserve championship. Boys, another, another exciting finals in the mid-level derby. Yeah, shout out to Clay Johnson. His horses look incredible right now, in my opinion. Not to mention just open horses, non-pro horses, amateur horses. Um, this guy is feeling it right now. And shout out to him and Kelsey on their their new baby. They're rolling. Yeah, unbelievable show. That black mare, I, I thought she looked special at the futurity and, ha- and has all along. Um, and then you put a showman like Clay up there. And, and plus, every, I don't know one person who don't love Clay, you know. He's a people pleaser. You know, people love to see him. Uh, they love to see him do good, too. So that's cool to, to see him rocking and rolling. He's one of the funnest people to watch when he's confident and cowed up and in the zone. I mean, he we talk about Wesley Guy being focused and determined. That guy at a big finals in Fort Worth or really any aged event, when he knows he has a chance, which, like you said, he's typically mounted. His program's rolling right now. That guy is as fun to me as any to just watch cow up and show his ass off you and i would talk about it on the podcast during the fraternity about how pumped we were for clay bob when i mean you could just see how pumped he was when he knew he made the made the finals that night and we talked to him on the live show the next day and it was just fun to like just see that kind of an intensity and, and passion for well, and, and just like he's won the event before like he he's never lost that that drive for the fraternity and that that to me is what's so special about the fraternity um is seeing someone that's i mean he's won the fraternity this decade or yeah this decade i guess last decade within the last 10 years and just to see to him how special it was to be back on top and and be in those finals because i mean as we've talked about it took a lot of points and a lot of big scores to make the open semis much less the open finals so um yeah i think it is really cool to see clay bob um, his program's rolling, like you said. Yeah, I agree. He's doing an awesome job. Awesome dude to hang out with. But one of the neatest things to me is a lot of these horses that he's winning on are all out of the same mare. The five- and six-year-old, the four-year-old, they're all out of smart cat, Moria. And he has invested a lot into that, that one mare. And the other day, working on the flag, he had a three-year-old full sister to the once more that looked like a, a really, really nice horse. And so we were kind of talking, and he said that right now he owns five out of the six babies out of her. Like, he's investing full steam into the Smart Cat Moria program. And I think that's kind of cool that, you know, he's, he knows that these are proven genetics. They're all a couple of once in a blue boons, royalty. You know, kind of neat to see someone search for that, knowing that this is fitting me, and we're full steam ahead, you know. So to me, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's a very interesting tidbit, Monty. You bet. That is cool. Shout, shout out to their breeding program because I know Clay and Kelsey's family, Corky and Brenda down there, have put a lot of thought process into their breeding program and, and had some great mares. Um, so definite props to that breeding program. Another one of our good friends, Clay Cherney, had an unbelievable show at the non-pro. Customers, Clay, Clay included his kids. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. He showed up 
Guns a blazing. Guns a blazing, Ev. You took the words right out of my mouth. He, I mean, who's the other only other person there that won 100% making his horses to the finals was Bo Galligan. Clay Cherney did it. Not only did he do good there, his daughter rocked it in the non-pro. His amateurs rocked it in the amateur. What a show for Clay Cherney. That's cool to see. Definitely be looking for more from that program coming soon. And reserve champions in the 2020 rope and stroke. Yes. That is one thing that I think he got fired up. You know, he come in reserve a few weeks ago at a big golf and rope and match tournament. And we can dig as deep into that as y'all want to. Um, I, I was firsthand there. I got some questions on that here in a little bit. We'll get, we'll get to I'm that down here directly. I'm down on answering those. We'll get to that here directly. In the 5-6 mid-level, Troy D went ahead and lit up the scoreboard on his horse, Lonnie Earl. Marked a 2.25. Um, coming in reserve was another 5-6-year-old you just mentioned out of the mare, Smart Cat Moria, Smart, K, Smart Cat Ray RG, and Clay Johnson marking a 2.22. Another very exciting, entertaining finals there at the non-pro, Evan. Did you get a chance to watch those? Yeah, I did. And, and Troy, what a dude just to be around. He is as cool as they come. He's really fun to play golf with, I he's can tell you that. always in a good mood. He loves the horses. He's, he's wound up about it all. And we'll and we'll talk to you for hours. I every chance I get, I try to talk to him because I mean he's into everything and he's into talking to you. And I think it's awesome that he come there and, and laid down that two twenty five. And it it couldn't happen to any better guy. It's just him and his wife out there grinding and and hard work really paid off right there. Yeah, I feel bad for him as much trash talk as Brandon Underwood talks to him on the golf course when when we tee it up. So. Um, shout out Troy D for, for putting up with all the smack that Underwood um, allots on the golf course. So, yeah, shout out shout out to those open and mid-level open champions. Um, Lindy Thorne, champion of the four-year-old limited open. And in the 5-6 limited, Nate Gribble, as I said, mom stylish player. Both of those people as well dominated in other events too, amateur and non-pro. Lindy and Nate, like... Nate was on fire. Yeah, the Cowan, Cowan girls rocked it. Um, and just that's a cool program, too. And, and Lindy's program, look, they, they all looked great up there. Yeah, I agree. You know, Nate Gribble, friend of all of us, really, really hardworking. But he has that Cowan program looking as, as good as it can be. He works really hard. He's, um, he's a really good hand, really good guy. And he has, has really stepped up to the plate, in my opinion, there at the Cowans and has turned that pro. It was already great, and it's, he's making it even greater, in my opinion, which, you know, the Cowans, all of them are, are great people, and I think he's doing them a, a really good job. So they bought that mare out of the Shawnee sale. She kind of come with some strange training. She had a couple months, if I'm, if I'm right, of cutting training and, like, you know, a little over a year of raining cow horse training. So when Nate got that mare, I mean, she had never won any money in anything and was kind of an incomplete horse. And then Nate has taken that mare. And I remember last year we went out there with um, Taryn and we worked out there at the Cowans and he was, he was still trying to get her put together. Then fast forward a year later and, and he's winning on her, you know, and a uh, super hardworking dude, his soon to be wife, Bailey, getting married this next week i believe it is you know and they they work really hard and you know they do a, a solid job for the cowans the cowans are great people i know bill and michelle are some of my favorite people and any chance i get i want to hang out and talk you know because they are really really cool people and i think he's doing them a more than exceptional job and has has done just awesome yeah and shout out blaze crest for having Two of the T Bar K horses in the limited open finals. Oh, I as well. mean, dude, they didn't name him Blaze for nothing because that dude was on fire, <laughs> and he was co-reserve champ with himself. I mean, pretty much equals a winner, and he did a, a damn good job of showing them horses. And yeah, that was that was cool. I'm glad you brought that up because he did an awesome job of showing them and talking about another hustler out there every day. You know, picking up the slack of what needed done, and and then also shining in the show pen. He did awesome. How pumped are we that Cutting's back? 
We're pumped. Oh, I agree, yeah. man. We were goofing up there in Ardmore. <laughs> and um, I mean, just from every aspect, from being at the show to getting to go eat dinner getting and to see, see everybody again. Like, I mean, I feel like I kind of took it for granted. Well, it's just everybody's kind of like one big family. Yep. Um, we're with each other so much, and then you pulled us apart for so long. Yeah, it, it, just to reunite with everybody was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I definitely thought you could see it all over i mean there were groups of people everywhere hanging out so i agree um i don't have a living quarters or nothing so i don't stay out there at the deal at the rv but each time that i did come out there i've never seen so many people hanging out and having a good time usually it seems like the bi is one of the bigger places but this year at ardmore i mean everybody was out straight goofing having a good time hell even my boss he was staying up late (laughs) having fun you know and me I and him, agree. I witnessed the smile. Me, <laughs> I saw me it. and him are both real quick to go to bed early. So I'm not, I'm not putting any diss on him. But if he's up late, you know, it's a damn good. Matt time. Miller was up late too. Speaking of that, the possum catcher. <laughs> I <laughs> got nothing on Joe Exotic. Celebrated a birthday and DJ uh, Millpup, the possum killer. DJ <laughs> put out a really good Facebook post and I didn't even understand it because I have been working and didn't get to go cut up at uh, the non-pro in Ardmore. But yeah, he told everyone to live every day like it's your birthday and um, mentioned that he even killed a possum in his RV or his fifth wheel. So tell us a little bit about that. So when I got up there, everybody was parked, you know, back there in the RV lot and they kept talking about this baby possum that had been around. Well, one night we were eating dinner. Uh, actually, the night of Matt's birthday, um, me and Taryn had to help later than Matt, so they all went and ate dinner. Well, me and my wife Cheyenne and Katie and Taryn Rice and I think a Don and and I forgot who else was over there, but anyways, they all of a sudden the Miller times showed up, and uh, we got to hanging out for a little bit. Well. Here in a minute, we heard these dogs going ballistic. And Taryn kept mentioning, Matt, are those your dogs in your trailer? He's like, no, my dogs don't bark like that. Well, after about 20 minutes of listening to him, we went over there and checked. And there was straight up a possum dead inside his camper trailer. And their little Jack Russell terrorist. Yeah, this dog, let me just tell you, I dare I, I dare y'all walk up in that M&M travel trailer at a weird hour. Because this crooked-legged little mangy thing, I'm telling you, dude, he will lay it down. Ain't no possum getting in Matt Miller's trailer. Did it look like a murder scene in there? Or what, like? You know, no, it was, I'm telling you, the little Jack Russell kept it clean, man. He did clean work. Wham, bam, dead possum, <laughs> nothing tore up. Like, it, it wasn't bad. How did the possum get into the trailer? Well, that is to be continued. Speculation. Um, huh? Yeah. Um, we sure investigated for a lot of hours. Taryn might have found some holes that looked like small possum doors. Um, I guess there was no surveillance footage to uh, no, look no back surveillance at footage. to see how the possum got in, unfortunately. But at the same time, I do think Matt was putting some ProView cameras on before he pulled out. Um, he's big in surveillance, that guy. Yep. Can't blame him for that. Nope. Safety first. Safety first. You know, one of my favorite things about Matt, it was a couple years ago at the BI, we were speaking of campers, and um, it was me, Rudd, and Garrett. We were all staying out there in a the camper. and um, One of the funnest BIs ever. Yeah, one of the most memorable awesome. cuttings of all time. Uh, even Code Man, he showed up a little bit later. But um, we were out there having a good time, and we went to go hook up our phone to the Bluetooth. And, I mean, it wasn't playing, wasn't playing. But on your phone, it, you know, it's, say, it's saying it's playing. I mean, we're turning it up, turning every knob. And we're like, what in the world? We were just trying to listen to a little Alan Jackson. Yeah. That's all we were trying to yeah. do. It's about 2 o'clock in the morning. Chattahoochee. <laughs> yeah, Chattahoochee. I mean. And about this time... Someone swings open this door, and it's Matt Miller in his boxer briefs only. 
Arkansas Dave. <laughs> and he says, what the? And then just shut the door. But then about that same time, we realized the music the was playing on the outside. And the whole RV park was listening to some AJ. So not only that, that show did you have to worry about tornadoes waking you up in the middle of the night. You had to worry about uh, the Taryn Rice and the Cody Porterfield crews. Uh, waking you up with God knows what kind of music. It was that, awesome too, because he—that's a story Matt tells every time that I feel like we're hanging out or or doing something at a show. Just because I kind of knew I knew him then, but I didn't really know him that well. And just like I just remember all of us turning white as sheets, and he flings open the door. He's like, "What the hell are y'all doing?" And we're like, "Dude, we're just it chilling, was, man." It like, was awesome it was because hilarious. we didn't expect him to pop up, and he probably didn't expect the wake up call in the middle of the night. Porterfield, another cool little thing uh, I was talking about here at the beginning of the show was going and helping out the Texas high school finals. Um, you've competed at the Texas high school finals growing up. Um, Headland's another one of our high school rodeo champions in the past. We've talked about on the podcast two times. And, yeah, you were, you were up there paying it forward, helping some of the kids in the cutting, took some of your horses, and uh, helped your brother-in-law and helped another one of your customers compete at the Texas high school finals. How different was it for you with the new facilities there at the Taylor County Expo, as well as obviously the differences with the COVID and fortunately they were able to have those Texas high school finals and give all, all those kids a place to compete. Oh, definitely. Um, the facilities were, were nice. Um, definitely good facilities. It, it was kind of weird and sad. Um, just because I did grow up rodeoing, high school rodeoing, and man, I, re- I remember state as being like a, it, it was something everybody looked up to. Um, every kid that rodeoed in the state of Texas was there. Um, and, and what people don't realize high school rodeoing in the state of Texas is that whenever we have state, it's huge. You know, some of these little state and Cody, even California is big, you know. Um, some of these other states don't get that. So, like, we get to meet new people all the time in Texas. And uh, it, it was different. This year they just had the cutters and the cow horse people there. So it was very small. Um, but props to them. They looked like they were about to pull off a successful event with the format that they had to do due to COVID regulations. That sucks for the seniors, too. I mean, you big, and I've done big it. grouch. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it stunk. Yeah, and not just not just like in, I mean, rodeo, high school rodeo, but just all sports in general. Like, it was just, it was tough to see. Yeah, shout out those high school rodeo champions. The girls' cutting champion was Ryan Packard, and in the boys' cutting there was co-champions Charles Russell Bouchaw, the Crown Ranch, and Mr. Carson Ray. So, big congrats to those high school NCAA kids and everyone that's going to be headed to nationals at the Lazy E Arena in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Porterfield, what were some runs that stuck out to you up there uh, at the Texas High School Finals? Obviously, tons of youth cutters. Um, probably got to meet some kids and see some kids show oh, uh, that you hadn't, hadn't normally gotten to sh- see show. Um, I, I can tell you something that sticks out in my mind. Definitely, uh, of course, Charles Russell. You don't expect anything less of that program. They they came out ready to perform, and they did. Um, shout out to them, guys. Um, probably the ones that impressed me, Ryan Packard was perfect every run. Um, tough draws, tough cows. She was so smart about showing. That was fun to help her. Um, it, it was easy to help her. And Carson Ray was kind of put in a tough situation. Um, and he came through and shined. There, there was a lot of fun runs. It, it was close. There wasn't, there wasn't four people that could just run away with it, but the four people that did advance, it was very well awarded because, I mean, they came and showed great. And, you know, probably one of my favorite runs from the week would, would have been uh, Rance Peebles, um, Pee Wee Peebles' son. Um, he region two rodeoed, so I, I got to see him a bunch and his family. They're cowboys, and and to see him put together three runs and to see how he's grown in the cutting over the past year, high school cutting, it is really cool to watch because his family, you know, they're they're true old school horsemen. Um, they use a horse day in day out to make a living, and see him come from way out west and compete and 
Uh, he did awesome. Yes, I, I it's such pumped. a small world, um, just you having those connects with the Peebles, and uh, they work out there at the Coconut 06 Ranch in between Alpine and Fort Davis. Uh, Cowboy with some of my good friends, uh, Rod Shiloh, Stephen Lacey, J.J. Alvarado. So it's just a, a small world and, and cool to hear uh, Porterfield helping helping some real West Texas Cowboys uh, do some good out there. At the how Hospital was Times. it How was it turning back and helping for them kids? And like just reminiscing on when you were in high school and showing showing at the state finals. Shout and out, could I? Would I? Uh-huh. Yeah. So when when I was there, this is actually funny. There's a guy named Cotton George, the guy that you asked me about in the picture a while yeah. ago. He uh, I hadn't seen him. You know, I've been out of high school a while, twelve years I think. And he uh, he seen me and he's like Porterfield, what are you doing out of Cotton? And uh, you know, I kind of laugh, thinking, well, that's what I do now, Cotton. He's like, well, that's weird. Aren't you a bulldogger? And I was like, well, I was, but not good enough. But he always remembered me as that. He didn't even know I had a, you know, that I cut now. So that was kind of cool. We got to catch up. And and because uh, back then when I did it, I just did cutting to help with my all-around points. Um, I wasn't even really that interested in it. Luckily, you know, I was around some of the best. And I didn't know it then, but – I got. I was very privileged to what I got to get on. So, that that was cool to see them people. And what and what what horses did you show? Um, when I got started, um, I actually started out there at Buster Welch's with Daw- Dawson Burns and Georgia Welch, his mother. And uh, man, we just ranched. Uh, we literally we would take ranch horses to the deals, and that that's just what I thought was a great horse, you know, and. Dawson told me, hey, Dawson and Buster told me before the state finals, he said, hey, so we got you a really good horse to show at state. And I thought, well, man, I've been winning on these other ones. Why would I change? You know, these are awesome. And he's like, no, but you're really going to have to step up in competition if you're wanting to do good. Well, so he told me there's this guy named Joe Howard Williamson. He's going to bring you a horse named Could I, Would I. Well, then I had no clue who Joe Howard was or – who could I would I was either you know all I cared about was roping and bulldogging and and uh anyways I I met Joe Howard and I'll tell you how much I didn't know about the cutting I I met him and I said well man if you want me to take that horse like I got an extra stall like I feed it and you know where where's it at and he's like oh no sir like you just show up at this gate when they call your name with your chaps on it's the only time you get to touch this thing (laughs) and uh Man, you talk about a ride because I had no clue what I was doing. I cut what cow they told me to. Luckily, that went okay. And, and uh, man, it, it was pretty awesome after that. I think all three runs the first year I cut, I marked like a 24, a 26, and a 29, I think, that year on that horse. And, and he, he was just unbelievable. Yeah, um, unbelievable horse. And I think that sucker's still going now. I mean, swear I saw him at the – is it the Ike yeah. that's in February? Oh, yeah. yep. mm-hmm. In the night cuttings last year, yeah. I'm, like, sitting there, and they're like, so-and-so, I can't even remember who it was. I think Trevor Bullock. Was it showing. was. That's Trevor exactly. Bullock showed up on Could I, Would I. Yeah, because that and horse I'm like, has, wow. has dominated the cuttings there at Carthage, Missouri for years. I mean, just – I mean, this horse is a, is a powerhouse and has won at every single level and – Obviously, I had no idea he even showed the horse at the at the high school final, so that's kind of neat. I mean, I've watched that horse for years whenever I was first learning about cutting, and then to find out you're like, what's up? I'm on this horse. We're fixing to win. Well, my first memory of that horse is I'm showing an SR Instant Choice gilding in the, like the year 2007, and Jordan was right before me, and I think she marked like a 226 in the first go-around of the senior youth, and I'm like – sick like (laughs) now i get to go great this is awesome like yeah it was a really good learning experience i just remember watching that horse and being like wow that is what a cutting run is supposed to look like i miss high school cutting that was fun blast well that's why i'm here today yeah it's crazy how how that works how you you're somewhere and you would never expect that it would lead to your long-term career well, that that year 
like after that happened, I was like, wow, I wasn't even going to cut at nationals, even though I made it. And I didn't even win it that year. Uh, I believe either Reagan Walker or Cole Davison won it that year. But um, actually, Cade Rice sent me a picture the other day. I'll have to dig out of my phone of me, Reagan Walker, and Cade Rice and uh, Cole Davison all together because that's what four made it to nationals out of Texas. But it, yeah, they everybody was riding good horses then. And I think I think uh, Reagan won it that year. I think so too on Captain's Choice, I believe, of Casey Crouches. Yep, I believe so too. That's that Dunn horse, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And could I would I got crippled? Another Dunn horse before Nationals, and Buster was like, Dawson was like, here, just ride this horse that we used on the ranch every day. And I thought, well, no, this is Nationals, and he's like, no, y'all fit good together. Just go up there. He said, it'll be different than you think. He said, just go have as clean a runs as you can. And, man, we got up there, and the cows were so bad. I remember that. But, like, I, I was so green, I didn't really even know that. But I just knew a lot of people were getting run over. And and uh, Dawson told me, he was like, man, just good thing you took this horse. Like, he'll, he'll hold bad cows. And sure enough, I ended up, I think I was the only guy to make it the short round in the cutting that year and out of Texas. And I think I ended up I, – I was in the top ten for sure, but I don't remember what. But anyways, I rode a ranch horse. And that's what made me want to go on with my cutting career because I was watching Austin Adams, Adon, you know. And me and Adon were buddies then, rodeo. And not big buddies, but, like, we'd been around each other roping a bunch. And he uh, – I just remember how broke their horses were, you know, and – Man, I was like, man, I got to learn this. So when I got home, that's kind of what made me kind of chase after this a little bit. Speaking of big cuttings and everybody being happy to be back cutting, the WCHA show at the Will Rogers, that was – they were cutting until 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, I think. They had big days, and that's good. It's, like I said before, like how pumped are we that cutting's back? Like it's exciting because I know him and Rudd and I have talked about, like what do we talk about during – the covid we interviewed a lot of cool people but i mean now that cutting's back and the wcha had a big show there was a big show in ardmore the derby the nrcha derby was big i mean all these horse events it's exciting that everything's getting back going again and we actually have something to talk about yeah you talk about the wcha show there in fort worth when do you have the opportunity to go get runs on your horses and season them in that pen for three hundred dollars i mean that's that's an opportunity that you we just don't ever have and i thought it was so awesome that the wcha what was it a four-day show i think it was what for five days shows something like that i think it was five days friday saturday sunday monday tuesday three days of weekend shows then monday tuesday was that little aged event and I know the first night Tommy D went, and he was there all night. I think they took a one-hour break between day one and day two, fired right back up Saturday morning. And, yeah, I mean, it's just a tremendous uh, show and just a cool atmosphere to be able to go show in a weekend show like that. Uh, it was huge. Um, it, to see how big that show was and how big the non-pro was, and to have the NRCHA Derby going on, lots of horses going to lots of different places. And shout out to some of our cutters doing good out there at the NRCHA. Daniel Sanchez, Matt Miller's assistant. I McKin- think he McKenzie did Merrill made the finals. McKenzie Merrill, Boyd Rice, he done great. I mean, everybody, that's pretty neat. Yeah, shout out to those guys. I think we need to – Give a little nod to Justin Wright and Scooter Cat won the NRCHA Derby title. Dominated. Um, yeah, dominated. That's a better word for it. On cutting bread horse. Won all three events on a horse side by Kit Kat Sugar. What are you marking that, Montana? So in, in each event, he marked a 24, 24 and a half, and a 25. I mean, just put up just. A clinic. Yeah, straight clinic and been a great horse the entire time. and Big you following. Know, yeah, really, really great young son of Kit Kat Sugar that has a huge, huge future ahead of him. When you talk about some of those other cutters, Daniel Sanchez's fence run was sure fun to watch. He drew a pretty tough little steer and 
ended up winning the limited open title. So shout out Daniel over there at M M&M. and M. Yeah, a lot of a lot of big title. things. A lot of people doing really good there at Scottsdale, and it looked like a really good turnout there. And I bet the weather was was beautiful there. And you know, Br he got back today and and talked with him, and, and it seemed like a really really good time. And and speaking of the WCHA, the Whitmires put their hand in a little bit of the Judd Little dispersal. Saw that. And they bought JL Dash to Heaven. And um, what a thriving time to be able to buy a stallion like that. He rings $1.75 million. Right now, I feel like the the horse economy is doing very well. We've had three horse sales since, the I guess you could say, like the release of COVID. And each of those sales, to in my opinion, have been very great. We had the um, horse sale in Shawnee, which is not associated with the triangle sales, but with the Shawnee Horse Sale Company. It looked like it did really, really good. We had the Pitzer Ranch Rope Horse Sale, which is like their spring sale, but they had to move it to the summer because of that, and it looked like it was phenomenal. And then also, unfortunately, we had to have the Judd Little dispersal, but it looked like it was a, a topper as well. So it's good to see that these horses are are bringing a lot of money for what is going on right now in our country. So that's always a good sign because if horses are bringing a lot, in my opinion, I think our economy is doing just fine. And the, the Whitmires kind of started the WCHA, is that correct? Yep, yep. They're the they're the behind the scenes, started it up, and, and look like they've been doing a great job of it. I've talked to a lot of people that go to their shows. They seem to have a, a good time and, and have a lot of fun. Well, they say everyone there is so welcoming, and they say from the time you pretty much step out of your truck and start unloading your horses, there's people. They say it's kind of like Houston, people bending over backwards to help you and making sure there's nothing you need. So I think that's one of the coolest parts that I've heard about the WCHA and makes me want to go go check out some of their events. And Cutton's back. I'm going to say it again. We back. Back in full force. Whether you're in Fort Worth, Ardmore, people were, were pumped to be cutting and back to it. I love it. And the Derby, Fort Worth, Texas, Summer Cutting Spectacular is right around the corner. And there for a while we were unsure if that was going to be, be able to even take place. So, like you said, Headland, cutting's back, and we are super excited about it here at the Section K Podcast. <laughs> we promised we would talk a little bit about that rope and stroke. Porterfield, what was up with the rope and stroke? Is that kind of a quarantine activity that – you and Clay Cherney were up to, or who was involved with all that? Well, it all started out. Uh, Taryn and Clay Cherney loved to golf. Um, and our good friend Jojo Lamond, who is also, we need to give a little shout out to, he's, uh, he's training a fraternity horse this year. Uh, and people that don't know Jojo, he's a world renowned rope expert, in my opinion. Um, if he's got a rope in his hand, he can about do anything. Um, long story short, he doesn't like to golf like myself. And every time we're around Clay or Taryn, they're always like, hey, let's go down here and, you know, play golf. And anyways, it just got into a basically a shit-talking experience. For about a month over the quarantine. You'll have that between you four. I know that for a fact. <laughs> and somehow, Clay and Taryn decided to match, to put us underdogs in the golf, match us in the golf and a 10-head roping match, which turned out a little different for the, for the fellas. Unbelievable experience. It was a blast having the first annual roping stroke. Um... Me and JoJo would like to congratulate Taryn and Clay for uh, for coming in reserve champs at the first annual Roping Stroke. Um, we wish they could be a part of it a little longer than they did. Um, but we really don't know who we're going to call out for next year's competition. Um, but it is coming. So uh, you horse trainers or listeners out there, be getting your golf clubs out. Brush them off. Get to the range. Because I might have, I may or may not have bought some golf clubs. Tom Watson, hashtag Tom Watson, gave me a little golf lesson at a cutting in Paradise, Texas for 20 minutes. One of the coolest experiences that you don't even realize that uh, like nobody in their life can say that they've had pointers given to them by uh, someone that's won the U.S. Open, the British Open, and the Masters. So... 
pretty unbelievable experience. Um, shout out to him and Gavin Jordan for giving that to me um, because it came in clutch. I was not a golfer, and wham, next thing you know it, I got Taryn and Clay calling me a golfer now. Um, but anyways, it, it was a blast, and definitely want to thank JoJo for coming out. It was fun to see him come down and rope and, and cut with us, and we had a blast for three or four days around here. He's actually coming back down this week, and uh, I, I think y'all are going to be excited for what uh, the listeners definitely want to tune in soon for for some new experiences coming with him um he's got a cool story and and uh and man he's getting into our cut he's he's training some cutters so shout out to jojo for that he's he's gone down to that little rodeo they have there in las vegas in december and and won a couple of rounds done some good and uh i think one of the broke the world record yeah really i didn't yes sir yeah he didn't hold it for very long but him and uh, also the Adams family, big cutters, him and Rand and Adams uh, literally won everything and were at the top of anything you can be of. Um, JoJo, actually, his last appearance at the finals was when Jake Barnes got hurt and they called JoJo in to head for Junior Nogueta. And won man, a what rounds. an experience that was. Oh, won multiple, multiple rounds, almost won a world championship coming in 16th. The guy is just a winner. You put him in the hot seat, and you can expect big things from him all the time. And it shows even in his cutting horses here to see how talented he is in that and just been jacking with it on his own. Um, It's pretty cool to see somebody at the top of his game in that deal, anything he wants to do with the rope, to come cut. And uh, – and. Looks like he's definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with, you know, throughout the years. Um, I wouldn't put it past him. And I tell you what, too, from just watching the match roping was um, JoJo and Port City were first out, and JoJo cracked it on this first steer, and it was seriously the loudest thing I have ever heard. when he <laughs> sounded like a gunshot. I mean, it was stupid loud, and it was like a tone-setting deal, like, hey, this is my deal. Y'all are just here to watch because it was unbelievable. And, two, what I thought was cool, too, because everybody that's in this roping has has won at the highest level in their deal. But to have two guys, you know, Terrence won the fraternity. Porterfield's a two-time limited open fraternity champ. You have JoJo, who's made the NFR done great. And then you also have Clay, who has also made the NFR multiple times. So you got a, a group of guys right here who knows what it takes to win, and they're just – they got a little dog in them and wanting to win right here. And it was it was cool to watch. I mean, it's you're taking a couple people out of their element and putting them in a different deal. Like, this is cool. Like, you can't make up a little story like this. And I didn't get to see them golf, but I bet it was sweet too. Very competitive, Monty. Racing to the tee boxes. Like – De- definitely competitive. Well, at least we know you guys don't play slow because that's, uh, that's probably the worst thing ever. So, <laughs> Congratulations. But you just have four fierce competitors, Monty. Like you said, you get a couple of them out of their element. Uh, you get Porterfield on the golf course, which I n- never in my entire life would have thought that it would have taken a rope and stroke to get Cody Porterfield excited about playing golf. But here we are. So, yeah, it's just fun um, with just the lack of competition that we had there during the quarantine with no sports, no cuttings. There was nothing to get excited about. Um, We didn't know anything about what was going to happen or what was to come, and I think that was the the perfect, perfect thing to kind of get those those guys' competitive juices flowing. And if you ask me, I think it's probably um, would play a little bit of a role in Clay Cherney going to Ardmore and and kicking so much ass, and Taryn going up there on R-rated cat and having some success in the open four-year-old is those guys kind of were primed for a little competition going up to that cutting. So, yeah, I agree. I think people were, like you said, primed up, ready to go. We've been at home working. You know, now it's time to like let's go, let's strap it on, it's go and, time. and and let's see what we got right here. And I totally agree. Well, it's go time for the Section K podcast, folks. We're back. Um, like I said, we're going to have some different folks popping in and out. Uh, be looking forward 
to an interview with Mr. Jojo Lamond here in the coming weeks. Uh, we're pretty excited about that. And um, like I said, be sure not to miss out on anything that's going to be coming up here on the Section K podcast. So, Monty, as always, thanks so much. Yes, by the I Section appreciate podcast. y'all let me come on here. Good time every time. Port, you're always welcome, Porterfield. Big thanks to you for coming by. And um, welcome. And welcome. Thank you. Uh, we look Thank forward you. to uh, getting some of your opinions and some more of your stories um, here in some coming episodes. So I'm excited. Um, Very yeah, excited. We are excited about it, too. So, uh, once again, big thanks for tuning in to the Section K podcast this week. Um, check us out on Facebook, Section K podcast, Instagram. Hadn't done that in a while. As I said, big thanks for tuning into the show this week. Appreciate y'all listening to the Section K podcast. We'll be seeing y'all down the road. Adios. Adios.